Before we get into today's chat, we'd like to begin by acknowledging the traditional owners and custodians of the land on which we record this podcast today, the peoples of the Kulin Nation. As always, we pay our respects to their elders past and present. So I started pushing it and by the time the doctor came back up and I could hear him and he said, oh, yep, there it is. And I didn't even like, I just, all I could feel was the pressure and that push. I didn't actually know that his head was already. Okay. And then he was screaming and he was on my chest and it was just like, oh my God, I fucking did it. Welcome to Talking In Common, a podcast of all things lifestyle, family, relationships, well-being, kids and culture. This is not a how-to, but an insight into the lives of ourselves and others and how we all manage to get by. Hosted by myself, Kate Gadinsky, and my co-host, Sophie Panton. Take a listen and let's find out what we all have in common. This episode of Talking In Common is brought to you by Mama Moo, a three-stage range of premium infant nutrition that has been developed by science and backed by mums. We're here in person together. Welcome back to another episode, everybody. And how are you feeling, Kate? I'm going to interview you today. I'm nervous. <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> I'm nervous because my brain just doesn't seem to be as quite switched on as I would usually call myself. Yeah. Would you say I'm a switched on person? Yeah, usually, but it's been a while since being pregnant and being sleep deprived. You did say um, in a more recent episode that we released that I've lost my marbles. Yeah, that was when you were preggers. You've probably got your marbles back now, but you just haven't slept. Your eyeballs are hanging out of your face. No, you look great. You've got a glow. You've got a postpartum <sighs> glow, my darling. Thanks, babe. It's got nothing to do with this natural light that's right in front of my face. <laughs> I know, we've strategically sat ourselves right in front of the brightest window to get as much glowy skin as possible. And I feel pretty good today. Good. Great. Good to be here. Good to be back recording. I'm actually really looking forward to today's episode because we're going to talk about your birth story. You're going to share every gory detail <laughs> and I'm just really excited to rehear it. I don't know if it was the day of or the next morning. I remember I think I was in the hospital when yeah, I was telling you. were in you. the hospital and it was all so firsthand and like I was so excited and so shocked and happy that I've kind of forgotten all the details so I'm excited to hear hear it all again. I have to say you're going to think I'm nuts like saying this only you know a few weeks in or mm. within the first couple of months because I know this is my last baby, I've mm. had this really overwhelming feeling of I can't believe I'm never going to do that again. Yeah, but I have to say I've heard you say this before. <laughs> I'm not having a fourth baby, but I think not it's, right this, now. Is hap- this did happen to me last time as well. Last time I did think it was the last time, but mm-hmm. this is definitely the last time. I've literally heard you say this after you gave birth to Lulu, your second. <laughs> you were like, like oh, I feel really emotional that I'm never going to do it again. And ha- here we are. I think this is all five years later. <laughs> I know. Wow. wow. I think this is all part of like postpartum as well because your hormones and pregnancy, they're so up and down. So you have mm. days where, you know, everything just feels really hard and the day feels really long. But mm. then those days where it's like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm never actually going to give birth ever mm. again. Mm. My gosh, you're feeling like that already? Don't like- get me wrong. I couldn't like jump back right in it now and yeah. give birth. But yeah. I think it's like the closing of a chapter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Emotional, beautiful, sad, emotional, not sad, beautiful. I think this is what keeps us, you know, going back for more babies because Mm. your brain just does something and you're like, oh, yes, yep, I'm going to do this again. Yeah. It's our crazy hormones that make us only remember the good things and forget pain and forget the roller coaster and all the rest of it. But let's start with what we've got in common. We're both tired. We can be both tired. No, I think it's that we're here together in person and we're down the coast. Oh, so good. We're out of the city. Do you know how good the fresh air is? Yeah. Be in some fresh air, not in the congested city. Yeah. Does it feel good for you actually like in your sort of postpartum haze to get out of the city and get some fresh air? Oh, my God. It feels so good and so nice to be able to have little Otis down here with us and take him for a little walk out in the fresh air. I'm hoping he's going to sleep very well tonight, Otis, if you're listening. Yeah, yeah. And through this episode. (laughs) And through this episode, yes. (laughs) I think, yeah, you and I definitely, obviously, we have that in common today, but we're really lucky. We have lived within kilometers of each other you know near kilometers of each other most of our lives yeah which is pretty cool and we're lucky that we both have places down here and 
it just means that we get to, you know, have all these beautiful memories with our kids and, so nice. yeah, have that different experience out of the city and oh, it's just amazing what some, you know, bit of fresh air and sun and time out does. I know. We are very lucky to be so yeah. close. Yeah. So lucky. So shall we start, we with shall your, start with your birth story? Are you ready for this? I'm ready for this. Yeah, I'm quite excited because I get to, like, interview you. I know. You've never, have you, oh, you have maybe once before. We've kind of done it to each other a couple, a couple of, times. of times, depending yeah. on, you know, but we haven't done it for a while. It doesn't feel that long ago that I interviewed you for your birth story. I know. I Red. was feeling quite like anxious that day doing that. Yeah. I think it's got something to do with just how like vulnerable you feel in this mm. period of time. Yeah. Anyway. And then also the challenges, you know, little Otis has been sick last week. I know that's been a really challenging week for you and just navigating the feeding and just the sleeplessness. You just feel like quite. There's so much going on all so much the going time on. that you're so consumed by this tiny, tiny baby mm. in amongst everything else, you know, my two other kids, your relationship, your other family members, like your friends, there's so much going on. Mm. But you're so consumed by this one teeny, tiny little being mm. and yeah, they're a lot. Mm. And it's just hard to kind of like live your normal day-to-day life, isn't it, and feel normal. You just sort of feel a little bit like you're in a totally different. A bubble. Yeah, bubble. A the bubble. bubble. Baby bubble. Baby bubble. Baby bubble. All right, let's hear the birth story. We have a few listener questions which, depending on how the story goes, I might ask during yeah. or otherwise we'll get to them at the end. But let's just start with the lead up to the birth. So let's just talk about your last week, your sort of 39th week of pregnancy and how you were feeling that week mm. leading into it. Let's start there. So how far was I when he was born? So I think I was 40 and three days or 40 oh. and two days. Oh, yeah, that was when me, he was 40 born. plus three, I think. Yeah. Isn't that funny? And we yeah. conceived on the same week. Yeah. <laughs> and we had little um, boys. I was convinced that I was going to have this baby much earlier. I've never, ever had a baby past 40 weeks. Yeah. Even really past 39 weeks. Mm. So I was so convinced and I was feeling everything for weeks. I had like the lightning crutch, the immense pressure, all the cramping, all the backaches, period pain. He was engaged, but he just was not mm. ready. <laughs> was not ready yet. He was definitely chilling. <laughs> yeah, I think in the lead up, like the last week or maybe two weeks, like I actually started to feel, I'm sure I probably said this to you, but like quite paranoid. I mm. think just in that end part because his movement started to change quite a bit. Yeah. I didn't feel like I was feeling him as much. Maybe I wasn't as in tune with him towards the end because, mm. yeah, there was a few days where it was like hours and I wouldn't feel a movement. Yeah. But then I'd go and have a check and he would be moving around and everything would be completely fine. So, yeah, I think those last couple of weeks, and I think because I'd been anticipating it for a little while, for quite a few days, and it wasn't happening, you know, every night then you go to bed feeling a bit mm. anxious, like yeah. is it going to be tonight, think about the other kids, what's happening, but no, it didn't happen. So I got to my due date and then I think it was a weekend. Yeah, well, it was on your husband's birthday, which was a Monday. Oh, Monday. Sorry, he was born so, on a Monday. So the weekend, the weekend before, before yeah. I did start to have what I felt were like quite mild contractions. They were just sort of coming and going. They didn't ever get any closer than maybe like 15 minutes apart. But mm, like, mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So you were aware of them being like I was quite feeling consistent. I started on the Sunday. I started to time a little bit oh, and then it would have for a couple of hours that. and then it would just sort of fizzle out. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I had an appointment with my obstetrician anyway on the Monday and I'd said to him, I'm ready, like I'm starting to get anxious, I've had enough, I'm uncomfortable, can you break my waters? And he was like, yep. So you had a checkup appointment on that I'd seen morning him. I'd seen anyway? Him, I think I'd seen him three times a week before. Okay. So I'd gone in for a normal check and I'd been feeling like a little bit of decreased movement but everything was fine. Yeah. So he told me to come back just to keep monitoring but everything was fine. Yeah. So saw him on the Monday, fast forward, I'm up in the birthing suite, mm. break my waters, and he was pretty convinced that I would go into natural labour mm-hmm. or they would start to be more consistent, but that didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah, I remember doing that same thing with Honey, my first. Yeah. But I was like negotiating because I really didn't want to have my waters broken. I was like, can't I wait and see what <laughs> happens? Can I wait? And then nothing happened. So what was the 
conversation around getting your waters broken stuff, you were just ready. You wanted to do it. Yeah, I mean, he, he was. What no, was he was happy. He was happy for me to keep going for longer if I wanted to. Like, yeah, there was no pressure at all from my doctor to yeah. get induced or anything. He was because we did speak about a few different options. Like he'd said to me at one point, you know, how long would you want to go before you, you know, looked at other options like mm. being induced? And I was pretty stuck on that I wanted to go into labour naturally. Yeah. But I think when I kind of got to that point and that week, as I said, leading into it, I started to just really start to do my head in. It wasn't, it just wasn't a nice feeling because mm, mm-hmm. it was just this constant worry that something was going to go wrong with yeah. the baby. Yeah. So I'd sort of thought if I got to that point that Monday and nothing mm. had happened, that I would be happy to potentially be induced. But yeah. the conversation we had was, could you break my waters? Yeah. See if it happens naturally. I think that's a really good point to make because there's so many different considerations and it is a really like confusing stage Mm. of like you know if you do want to try and go into spontaneous labor or go into labor naturally there's all these like conflicting information and and all of these sort of pressures that you know maybe you allow to feel or not but if you're not like mentally okay with waiting yeah then that's not going to help the process anyway. No, no. So I think it's like a really good point to make that that was what you had allowed yourself. Yeah, we'd sort of said like, oh. okay, if we get to this point, we had a bit of a point, then yeah. we'll look at the other options. But there was, yeah, there was no pressure from him. Mm. Um, but he was like, you know, on the other side, you're definitely ready, so I'm happy to do whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. But I should also mention like in the two weeks in the lead up, I went for two induction massages. Yeah. Amazing. One that you gifted me. And it was absolutely heavenly. They're amazing, aren't oh they? Oh, my God. I Did think, you like being touched during oh, pregnancy? You liked massage just, and stuff, I didn't loved you, massage. And yeah. I think that massage that I got, the induction one, she just knew how to massage a pregnant woman's body. It yeah. was amazing. So I did that. I went for induction acupuncture. I spent hours bouncing on a fit ball. Yeah. I did a lot all the of things. Stuff, all the things. And yeah, still didn't go into natural labor. But that's okay. I'm okay with that. If you could describe in just like a word or two, like what was your hope for the birth? Like how did you want it to go? Well obviously the first thing was I just wanted the baby to be safe. That yeah. was like my top thing, mm. which would be I'm assuming for everybody. Mm. And free. Like I just wanted to be able to move around, mm-hmm. have, you know, the least amount of kind of people around, the least amount of intervention around mm. me as much as I could without obviously having a home birth. I love the idea of it and I think it would be incredible, but I just could never do it. No. Maybe if I go back for a fourth time. <laughs> just kidding. I love it. <laughs> Heard it here first. <laughs> free. I should have done a free birth. No. Yeah. I think, yeah, honestly, that's it. And I know I think from having gone through it twice before that, you can have all these ideas of what you want, but, you know, things do happen and it can be out of your control a lot of mm. the time. So I did do like quite a lot of, I guess, prep leading into it, you know, working on lots of different breathing exercises, like visualizations, all that type of stuff, mm. lots of like stretching and different moves mm-hmm. or moves, movements that Mackie and I sort of practice together, yep. you know, things that might potentially help me during the process. Yeah. But yes, I definitely went in with an open mind. I didn't know what it was going to be like. I'd heard, you know, third time labor, they can be quick, but then equally Mm. my obstetrician had said they can also be notoriously unpredictable. Mm. But in my head, it was going to be quick. Um, Yes. I remember you being quite nervous about that, that it was going to be really quick and you didn't want to be too far away. Well, all my family was away. Yeah. Yeah. And they lived quite close. Yeah. And you were an hour away. And you have this, I don't know about you, but you have this vision that it's going to happen in the middle of the night. Yes, yeah. Because it, for a lot of people it does, it does often. Yeah. You know, that's when the oxytocin levels usually get going. Mm. It's when you the melatonin levels. Yeah. Yeah, all that type of stuff. But luckily I didn't have to worry about that. So we were going through all these different plans of like who we would call, what we would do, what if we had to take them. Yeah, another major consideration in, you know, second, third or any consecutive birth after you've already had children, like what to do with the other kids. I know. What's your plan? And it's like you can have a plan but, yeah, exactly, what if it happens in the middle of the night? How Mm. far away are your backup people or how far away are the carers for the kids, all that sort of stuff. And my previous birth wasn't super quick, but it it wasn't that long either. Yeah. So generally my pattern had been that they'd got quicker. So yeah, that was just a consideration. I did think it was going to be quite quick, but you never know. So that's why I kind of wanted to do as much kind of prep as what I could. Yeah. 
to try and kind of have yeah. different things to turn to throughout the process. Yeah. Okay. I am going to ask a listener question now because it is relevant <laughs> to what we're talking about now. What did you do to prepare yourself this time after already have given birth? Well, okay, that's actually, that is a good question, whoever asked that question, because it's funny how people often go, it's your third baby, like Mm. you've got this. Every single baby is different. Every single pregnancy is different. And it had been quite a few years since I had actually gone through the whole birthing process and pregnancy because, as you mentioned, Lulu has just turned five and Nina's seven. So it had been quite a few years. We did a little refresher course with this amazing business called She Births, Mm -hmm. Nadine, who runs She Births. Mm And it was just really great to chat to her about any fears that I had surrounding birth, anything that had happened in previous births that I, you know, wanted to try and avoid again or Mm. what I loved about my births or what I would do differently. And then as well as that, you know, she gave us a lot of really good kind of advice and really good tools and all the breathing exercises, the visualizations. She kind of talked to Mackie a lot about different ways that he could you know, support me throughout that whole process and different things to try. So that was really beneficial. I think even if you've done it before, it's good to kind of, you know, you can always learn new things. Yeah, totally. You never know too much. And things have changed since the last time you gave birth. Yeah. There's a lot more information now, new studies, like things that maybe they used to advise might be different now. Yeah. Like we were just talking about before we started recording, you absolutely forget. Oh, my God particularly forget the hard parts yeah yeah the pain and the difficulties and the challenges for sure you just remember like it was amazing yeah because that end bit when you meet your baby but I I I, one thing I actually probably should have said earlier that I didn't realize right until towards the end I think of my pregnancy was I didn't actually realize that I was maybe a little bit not traumatized by Lulu's birth because I have really great feelings also when I think about her birth but Mm -hmm. equally she got stuck and obviously she had to be turned and anyway Mm. I ended up getting her out they got her out with the vacuum Mm -hmm. but when she came out she was like purple and she wasn't screaming and and on top of that she had the cord twice around her neck yeah and I think thinking back like because I still have that as such a strong vision in my head and like Mackie thought that she was dead yeah he he, he shared his thoughts on that in the dad's episode so he he was quite, I think, traumatised by that. And I remember in the moment it was like I knew that she was fine and I don't know if it was the pregnancy that brought it up in me again, but I think I was so fearful of something then going wrong mm-hmm. or that happening again. So mm-hmm. I was very adamant that I didn't want to birth or give birth on my back because that's what I did the first two times. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was active throughout Lulu's birth, but towards the end I was on my back. So I was very adamant that I wanted to be much more active and moving around and not give birth on my back. And I don't know if even if I hadn't have birthed Lulu that way, if it would have changed things. But, yeah, that was just something telling me in my brain, no, 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 mm. you need to you need to try something different. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting that those past experiences have empowered you to make choices in what you wanted to do this time. Yeah. All right, let's go back to the day. Yeah. First of all, like had you had breakfast by the time you went to this appointment? Like were you in your head like I'm going to go for it today? I knew it was going to happen today. Yeah. I, just, yeah. I knew it was going to happen. So were you caffeinated? Were you, were you, were you, I was very did you have well a good breakfast? Did I have a good breakfast? That is such a com- <laughs> That is such a question from you. Do you know what? I don't think I had that much for breakfast. I think I was like quite nervous. nervous. Yeah. I had a smoothie. I think I had a smoothie and I had a coffee. Very healthy. Yeah. And yeah, I was going in there being like, I think I'm going to meet my baby today. I'm going to meet our baby today. So I was in that headspace. Um, And yeah, it was also Mackie's birthday too. So that was extra exciting yeah so you went up like flipping pancakes for him for his birthday you know what I woke up and I was just like I was so focused on going to the hospital that I was like just forget for a minute we we have celebrated his birthday so we got there and obviously first they just wanted to do a bit of a check and monitor the baby and actually this was actually a little bit this really threw me off because it was two midwives who I hadn't met before and they were basically having trouble getting his heart heart rate mm. because apparently he was moving around so much weirdly I wasn't feeling that much movement oh. so I don't know what was what going was going on. on why this was happening but this went on for about 10 minutes and they were moving the monitor on my stomach and then one of them was asking me if I've ever had low blood pressure which I haven't and I started to get really really agitated because automatically you've got a monitor on they're not picking up 
regular heartbeat. You're thinking, what the fuck is going mm. on? Like, mm. And after about 10 minutes, I actually said, like, is everything okay? And they're like, oh, no, everything's fine. He's completely fine. He's just moving around so much that we can't get like a, you know, an accurate reading. They're like, the baby's completely fine. I'm like, okay, you could have maybe like mm. <laughs> communicated, communicated that, that to me. So that kind of put me offside a little bit. And I was thinking, oh, my God, like if this all happens and these are my midwives, I don't know how comfortable I'm going to be. But I was wrong because they ended up being absolutely amazing and I'm so glad that they were. So that happened. Baby was happy. Then it was time to break my waters. So we sort of spoke about that. You did say you have had your waters broken. Yeah. Yeah. Weirdest feeling. It's the weirdest feeling. Mm. Have you before? Yeah. I have, yeah. yeah. I've never had my waters break naturally. Neither. And, you know, actually like a lot of people's waters don't break a lot of people's break like in the pushing phase mm, that was like me with Ren yeah it, they never broke he came out in the sack in the sack yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, um, it broke right at the end not fully in the sack and I said can you just leave us for like a couple of hours we'll see what happens we'd set everything up like set the room all up how we wanted it mm. after that it happened and then I was getting like again a bit of cramping but like nothing was getting more intense I was like oh come on I'm totally fine that it didn't, but at the time I was like just so had my head set on like that that was going to happen, you know. Yeah. So after about two hours he came back up and was like, what do you want to do? He's like, I feel like if I just give you like a little bit of Sintosin, like you probably will go into labour pretty quickly. So let's give that a go. So he did that and, yeah, very, very quickly I was in well into labour. Okay. Like my contractions came on pretty quickly. So what's qu- pretty quickly, like within um, minutes? They amped up quite a lot I reckon within half an hour but in when I say quickly I got into established labor quite quickly yeah right so at this point it was about quarter past 11 I think in the morning Mm -hmm. and I remember you know I was kind of moving around I was swinging my hips and I'm leaning over the bed and I'm like squatting and I'm on all fours and I'm like oh this is so painful and I remember Mackie being like babe I'm sure it is, but I'm, I think you're at the bottom of the hill. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, like I get, it's going to get a bit more painful because like, you forget. Yeah. You're like dancing around. Like, I had my oh, first, I had one sore. of the birthing homes. Did you use one of them? Yeah, no. Really squeezing into that. And that was, I have to say, that that was nice in the early stages of labour, like when the contractions, they were painful, but you had manageable. to go manageable. Yeah. What about the TENS machine? Yeah. Did so as they started to amp up, I did, I, used a TENS machine, which I loved. Like I hadn't used one before. I found that really, really helpful. Um, I had it on like literally full pelt. Yeah. Did you get like a bit addicted to it? Yeah, like every like, contraction you're like, oh. Uh, yeah. So I had that, which I found really helpful. The only thing though, because I ended up having to have the Sintosin, then you have to be monitored the whole time. Uh, you yeah. have to keep monitoring the baby. And because, well, one thing, because I was moving so much, they kept losing, like the monitor uh, kept not working. So yeah. that was one thing. They were okay. Like the midwife, she was amazing. She was happy to work with me on that um, because she knew that I wanted to move around a lot. But because I was moving around so much, the monitor wasn't working. And when my doctor came up to check, he said, oh, we can do a monitor which goes on the baby's head because he was already quite low. So that means you don't have to wear the belt with the monitor. And he just puts this really fine little thing up there, sticks on the baby's head. Oh, my gosh. And that's, then they monitor it that way. So then you're free, basically. The only issue with that was the TENS machine throws off that monitor. Oh, so you so had to let go to of the TENS. Oh. So, and this was when it was really, really amping up. So I then used the gas. The gas was good. Yeah. <laughs> the gas is good, but it definitely makes you feel a bit like. Yeah, lightheaded. A bit lightheaded. But I found, and it was the same with Lulu, I found the gas was really good kind of like right towards the end when you're kind of towards the end of stage one before you go into the pushing phase because once you're ready for pushing, nothing's, nothing's helping you. Yeah, and you can't really, oh, I imagine like you can't really concentrate no. on because what's the go with the gas? Like you have it. You just it, suck on it. You just um, suck on it. and like a mouth, like a. You have it like during, like through a contraction? Yeah, because then it's more of a distraction. Yes, okay, yeah. During a contraction, yeah. But so, yeah, about quarter past 11, I was in pretty established labour. And then at about 12.45, we checked and I was only about five centimetres dilated. But I was like, 
yeah, I was really feeling it by this point. And I remember when he said, oh, look, about five centimetres, I was like, oh, my God, I've got so long to go. Like this is this this is already feels too much. And I remember when he left, the midwife said to me, she's like, don't feel disheartened because it's your third baby, things can happen really, really quickly. And I was like, oh. And I kind of just... Were you disheartened? Were you nervous by that stage? Like, I thought oh, I've got a long, way, long to way to go. And for me, like it was already very much intense. Like it was very intense by this point. Anyway, he virtually left and in 10 minutes I said to her, I was like, uh, I feel like I need to push. Like I, there's so much pressure I need to push. And I heard her being like, it's okay, like you're fine. Like you're just getting into the net. I was like, no, 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 no. I need to push. And then that whole feeling of like I felt overwhelmed. I was crying. Mm. I was like, it's too much. I can't do this. Like it's just I don't want to do it. Yeah, I can't do it. I can't do it. And then I was like, no, 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 no. Like I really need to push. And I I could then hear her saying, I think we need to get a few extra towels and blankets and stuff. And I'm like, oh. And and my eyes were shut. Like and I remember I was leaning over the bed and I heard her saying that and I was like, oh, maybe, maybe I am close. Maybe I am close. And then I heard her say, I think we need to call Tom, who was my obstetrician. I think we should get him back up here. So it had been now probably about half an hour since I saw him. And then by the time he came back up, I had moved onto the bed, but I wasn't on my back. I was lying on my side at this point. It was kind of the only way I could get some sort of comfort in between contractions but they were really like on top of each other obviously and it was just I found this time the the wild thing was is I had no control over my body this urge to push was just so intense so much more intense than the first two times that I did it that I just I I physically could not control like that urge that what was happening that urge to push and I think Mackie and I did joke a lot about I'm going to breathe the baby out and I actually kind of feel like I did end up breathing the baby out which I know is the way to do it none of this hard straining but let's face it when you're in the moment it's pretty hard not to Mm. well like you say you feel totally out of control so So it's like whatever comes out of you is just happening so I started pushing it it was 12 sorry 130 and Within three contractions, he came out. So at wow. 141, he was born. But I remember by the time the doctor came back up, he just walked in really calmly and I could hear him and he said, oh, yep, there it is. And I didn't even like, I just, all I could feel was the pressure and that push. I didn't actually know that his head was already okay, well down there. And again, it was just so different because with Nina, I was pushing for like an hour and a half, yeah. which when you're pushing is a long time. Oh, yeah. That's a really long time. Yeah. Lulu was about 40 minutes, but this little baby boy on the third contract, like the third big push, he essentially just came flying out. Yeah, so did he come out in one contraction? Come out in one contraction. Not like head, then shoulders, then out, one contraction. One big contraction. Yeah. <gasps> and that was that was just, it was absolutely amazing. And that's exactly, that's what I wanted. Like I was really, I think when I, when thinking about the birth that I wanted, I was so fixated, yes, on labour and, and all the tools and the ways and things that I can do to kind of, help me feel as comfortable as possible but just mm. that end part like the pushing part and actually getting him out and how I wanted that to be mm. and it was absolutely amazing just like that relief can you remember the physical feeling oh my god yes out? like the, oh it's then like the release yeah. just that release and then he was screaming and he was on my chest and it was just like oh my god I fucking did it yeah. like and he's here and he's safe and he's crying and oh. it was just ama- like it was amazing and I think so in total it was like two and a bit hours that I was um, in labour for. So it did, you know, that's still relatively quick. But I think, you know, the midwife was saying to me, just, you know, you just need to, like, let's try and slow down. Like, you know, you don't want to go too fast. And I, mm. I just physically couldn't stop my body. So I'm so happy that today's episode is supported by Mama Moo as I'm a big fan and it's very fitting for me right now. I'm actually using it at the moment for my baby boy Otis. We've just put ourselves on a subscription and loving it. It's 100% Australian made and owned by mums who have all had different feeding journeys themselves, the good, the bad and the ugly, just like us. Ooh, ain't that the truth? I love that you found something that's working so well for you and helping you along your journey makes me so happy. I also really love that they donate a portion of all online sales to support Panda and are passionate about supporting all parents, no matter what your feeding story is. 
because we're also very passionate about this and we really believe that the mental health of the parents, particularly the mother, is key to a happy, healthy household. Made with only premium ingredients, including prebiotics and probiotics and Australian cow's milk, you can buy or subscribe like me at mamamoo.com.au or find it at chemist warehouses nationwide. Now let's get back to your birth story. I only had a really, really tiny tear, which yeah, is what they amazing. worry about when, you know, if it is super quick when people have like 45 minutes. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. So what, like just like a one degree tear or something that they would Yeah, say? like barely. He, I mean, like, Did I, you have to get stitches? I had a little stitch, but yeah. they did say that I could pro- could have probably had no stitch, but wow. it just would heal quicker with a stitch. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, that's amazing considering that he came out in one contraction. Yeah. Because he just like shot out and you didn't even tear wow was, that's um, incredible it was pretty very wild lucky. so apart from yes I really wanted to go into spontaneous labor so that didn't happen but the rest of it happened the way that I wanted it to happen yeah and then once they're here you it's just well for me anyway it just it all kind of goes out the window mm. but I, I have a really good feeling when I think about it yeah that's great you know remembering moments from the labor and remembering the way that Mackie and I kind of worked to together Mm. um, and how he supported me throughout it and you know kept me calm and kept me like focusing on my breath because there are definitely periods where you go to start not hyperventilating but you know your breath starts to get really quick and that's the worst thing when you're in labor that's what you don't want yeah you know you need to stay calm did you try that calm as possible (laughs) did you try that alternate nostril breathing that that we learnt the notice your I didn't actually do that during labor no so I'm going to ask another listener question because there's another one here relevant to like the different tools that you used. What was your couldn't have done it without thing or tool? Couldn't have done it without like the labour? Yeah, the birth. For me, it, like it's such a mental thing. I think it was mm. definitely the breathing, like 100%. Yeah, okay. Because the comb and the tens, like they're great distractions. Oh, yeah. We had this other amazing thing actually which came from the – she birthed recommendation it was called mm. an orgasmatron okay and it was like this head massager it has oh, like all yeah. these prongs and it like massages your head or you can do it on your back that was pretty epic but we didn't end up using that a lot throughout the labor we used that a lot in the lead up when I was trying to like get relaxed and move my body mm, and mm-hmm. all that stuff um but that would have been really good in labor I don't know why we didn't end up using that that much well, it's probably like one of those things that's good early on yeah but once you're in you know I think it's a combination, but I think, honestly, the breathing, Mm. that's definitely what got me through, Mm. 100%, the breathing. And so then once he came out and you had him on your chest, what happened next? I remember you told me that you lay there with him for ages. Oh, ages, yeah. yeah. A couple of hours I didn't take him on my chest. It was so nice, actually. Um, He had a little feed within, like, maybe the first hour or something, which was amazing, like, it's so primal, like I it's know. just wild how yeah. they like almost crawl on you. Yeah, he definitely didn't, like, he definitely wasn't latching properly because my nipples got sore very quickly. But yeah. I was like, oh, because he, he was on there for so long. Just, oh, it's just such a precious, incredible yeah. moment. It was so special. I, it was after I think it was a good couple of hours where I actually turned to Mackie and I was like, I should probably give you a hold. Would you like to hold your son <laughs> yeah. and happy birthday? Yeah. Um, yeah. How do no, you ever live up to that gift? I know. <laughs> I was like, maybe next year I'll give you twins, babe. He <laughs> was like, we are done. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, so he was just on my chest for ages, for hours. And then, I, yeah, within a couple of hours I was able to get up and that shower. Oh, my yes, God. Yes, oh, my God. I was just shower. about to say, can we talk about oh the my God, I had it all, shower? I made sure I had all my little things that I love for that first shower because yeah. there's no point having it all in the car. That's when you want to really get refreshed. So I had all my nice, like, face creams and oils and bits and pieces and washes and tell you what was amazing the peridium um spray bottle oh yeah i mean lots of brands do it but i had the bear mum one to help the whole situation down below and i think i remember you telling me you used it straight away away. and it was really helpful straight away yeah um but then oh this was the only thing took me quite a while to go to the toilet to have a wee okay were you nervous i was nervous (laughs) because they're like we need you to do a wee so you can go out of this area that I was in. 
Oh, you've got to do that before you move on to the next. Oh, I don't remember having to do that. Okay. Anyway, that was really random. Don't know why I shared that. But so I was sculling, which was good because actually I was so thirsty afterwards anyway. So I was having like some electrolytes and stuff to keep me. Yeah give me energy but also to try and help me go to the toilet which it did work mm. um actually throughout I should say one other really great thing throughout my birth was I had this drink bottle that had like a bendy straw which was so good because I could literally just like Mackie could put it in my mouth but yeah. also it kind of helped down regulate your breathing again okay so that was again cool. just like something to focus on something, something to, focus to distract on. a bit um yeah. but I had that and I also had another drink bottle that had like electrolytes in which I was going between the two throughout yeah throughout I was saying the whole time the whole two and a half hours yeah oh it, um, felt, it feels like a fucking lifetime doesn't matter how quick it was or, or did it did it feel long at the time it felt long it at felt, the time yeah. yeah yeah and then yeah had the nice shower put on my disposable nappy my underwear <laughs> God, postpartum glam. <laughs> I've got a picture of that actually all glammed up but yeah I did feel nice and fresh and then so that was good. So I was able to get up, walk around. And, and what about your placenta? Because I remember you sent me oh. a photo and it looked so fucking healthy and amazing. Yeah. So actually, I, well, so back to when I was still lying in bed and had a little baby Otis on my chest, after I birthed the placenta, I asked them obviously to bring it back so I could have a little look and mm. the um, midwife kind of explained it all to me and told me all about it and I did bring it home. Mm. Oh, did you? I, was bring, I bought it home and we were going to bury it. But then, this is so funny, I literally forgot about it in the fridge. Oh, my God, gross. Like, well, it was fine. It was in a completely sealed um, thing. But we had it in like this little, looked like a little, like one of those big, large Greek yogurt tubs. I was like, <laughs> what is that? I was like, fire out. It's the placenta. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, but do you know what? The, um, so it went off in the fridge. Oh, after, so after, I don't know if, how you felt, but so after he was born and then obviously the placenta still has to come out, the contractions that came mm. back were so intense. Like mm. they were hectically mm. painful. It just seems cruel, doesn't it, after you finally oh push the baby out? it's like The funniest, funny thing was is um, my obstetrician actually said to me, when he was giving me that little stitch, oh, do you want some local anesthetic? And I'm thinking, local anesthetic, like after what I've just gone through, I was like, I think I'll be okay. Yeah. Like, after just pushing the baby out and going through labour, yeah, I was like, no, nah, just get it done. And Do you know what's funny? When I was having my stitches after birthing Ren, I was really nervous about anything else happening down there. Like yeah. it just felt so tender and yeah. like you, he came out in one contraction, but it was like very full on and I had quite a tear. And so I was really nervous about it. So they did give, give me a little local anaesthetic. And then, but when they were about to give me the, needle for the anesthetic I was like can I please have some gas or something and the midwife was like really like and she was like you just gave birth with absolutely no pain relief like you want and I was like yeah just I just the thought of anything else down there I can't I can't even handle the needle and she's like okay so I had the gas while I was having that's so funny (laughs) and well you forget like you just forget what you you don't forget what you've just done but like it's pretty wild what we're capable of but you know actually insane it is very different because giving birth is like something natural that our body mm. is doing whereas yes. having stitches yes exactly exactly so exactly but I, I, I think I felt quite numb down there heads while I was like no nah, don't worry about that but and again it, I only had such a tiny little tear but yeah so the those pains, like the when the contractions came back, you're like, oh my god, but he's here! Like, surely that's going to stop. Mm. He's, I forgot. But and then did you continue to have those postpartum uterus contractions a yeah, lot for like straight for a after? Few days. Yeah, for um, a few days. And were they really painful? They were pretty painful. Yeah, yeah. they were definitely more so than, more so last than one. the last ones. Yeah. yeah, I think they get slightly more painful with each baby. Yes, that's what I've heard too. And I definitely had that experience the second time around. I actually don't even remember them being painful the first time around, but the second time I was like, what is this? Yeah. Yeah, so that was really painful. But I have to say, like, I think I feel like my recovery this time, I, I feel like my everything just healed and recovered probably a bit quicker mm. down, down below. Like I bled for less amount of time. That was another listener question, so let's yeah. go into that a, little, that a little bit more. How has your recovery been this time? Does it feel different after having given birth before? That's a good question. It's actually really funny because I, I feel like I know you, we're talking about postpartum, but I just want to go back to pregnancy for a sec. So my body, everything happened so much quicker this time and I really felt like 
everything changed down below a lot towards the end of pregnancy, but more mm. so than what it had before. Mm-hmm. But I think, I mean, your body's so smart. It kind of knows, you know, you've done it once, you've done it mm. twice. This is the third time. I know I know what to do. Your body kind of knows what to do. Mm. So after giving birth for the third time, as much as I feel like he came out a lot easier, which he mm. did, mm-hmm. my recovery seemed to be a lot better, like seemed to be a lot mm quicker as I said I didn't bleed for as long um I mean it was was very uncomfortable and still like quite painful for a few days but it was Mm. like a couple of weeks rather than you know four to six weeks yeah right and how do you feel now you're six weeks in now seven yeah I feel how do you feel physically down there down there I feel like, down there, down like what there. are we talking about? Your vagina, vagina. your um, yeah, your, I feel, I feel your uterus, pretty, your feel, your pelvic floor, all of it. What does it feel, feel like? I feel pretty healed down there, but I do feel like I need to do a bit of work on my pelvic floor and mm. my stomach muscles are starting to feel a little bit weak. Yeah, I'll get to that at some point. Yeah, <laughs> look, no rush, no babe. rush. Babe. <laughs> I did have a friend that had said to me, our friend Tamara, who was a Pilates teacher, she said, you know, particularly this time, make sure you lie down just as much as possible in those first few days, yes. which I was able to do. So with the hospital that I went to, we got to stay for four days. So yep. that just gave me that sort of time to rest and not be running around after the other kids and stuff. Mm. So that was that was really, really good. Yeah. So I've got another question here, another listener question. This is quite a good one. They've asked anything regarding challenges of postpartum and how to know what's normal. It's very hard, I think, because it's so different for every person. You know, every Mm. baby's different. And I think my postpartum has been different probably every every time. Yeah. Did you feel that? It's different both times? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. If you look at this time around, for me, are we talking like feeding? Are we talking everything? I suppose anything. I suppose with you what's normal with you and your physical recovery, but also what's normal with the baby. I reckon the feeding this time has probably been a lot better, like in terms of the breastfeeding than with my first two. Mm. He's been a better feeder. Mm. He's a lot hungrier, but I think, Mm. you know, being a boy, that tends to be what a lot of people say. And I think maybe because I did have issues maybe with feeding Lulu, but I had a really good experience with Nina Maybe I went into it with a really kind of open mind with no expectation on how I was going to feed him, what was going to happen. I think maybe that made me more relaxed. And you're just more confident, right? Just yeah, within yourself. Just feel more and, confident. Mm. That's the thing. And we have had a few things like, I mean, Otis has been unwell. We ended up having a little trip to the hospital. He had bronchiolitis. So he was unwell for a good sort of two weeks. That was really stressful and really hard because then that actually did then affect the feeding and sleep is all over the place when you've got a newborn anyway. But it did kind of throw everything out. But I think because it wasn't my first time, I still could be a little bit relaxed. Do you know what I mean? Like not stress myself out or not be too worried as such. It's amazing the different things that you think about and the things that go through your head from your first child and your first the things that you worry compared about. to afterwards yeah. yeah the things that you worry about um, and even just the thought process like you just don't worry about the same sort of things do you no nah. and I think knowing that it's the third time I have been able to relax into certain things a little bit more because mm. I know that there'll be an end yeah each stage <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep telling myself that yeah um I suppose another thing is knowing that how important it, it is to have like good support around you with your postpartum because it's so unpredictable you're exhausted you know even if you do or don't have other kids like it's really really hard it takes such a massive toll on you like physically mentally you don't want to be spending time having to worry about like I don't know like just you know your meals and all that type of stuff like yes doing that prep beforehand is important if you can do it or having like amazing friends like I did with soap dropping me over lovely meals or you know family members and stuff like you need to have a good support around you because that really sleepy newborn phase it really lasts for like a good two weeks and then you know it's a lot more that's chaos absolute chaos (laughs) so trying to juggle you know different kids and babies and yeah life and I think with the like the question about and just so sorry so you can have a rest as well yeah, so important. Yeah, so you can have a rest. Yeah. Yeah, I think with the question about like what's normal, I think it's like really important to know that there is no normal yeah. or whatever your situation is, whether it seems to be really smooth or whether it seems to be really rocky, whether it seems to be 
you know, easy or hard. That's just your normal and you shouldn't compare to the next person because their normal is just a totally different situation. And no one knows your baby better than you. Mm. That's like, it's so true. Like I can go to Soph, well, what did you do in this situation? And, mm. and you know, it's good, it is good to, to ask friends, you know, for advice and, and mm. try different things, but probably what worked for Soph wouldn't necessarily work for me. It might. Totally. So, yeah, there is kind of no normal. You're yeah. so right. And if ever in doubt, like... Just go get checked out. Yes. If you're ever worried about your baby or you think something's not right in yep. terms of the baby, like literally just go and get it checked out, you would much rather do that. And if there's nothing wrong and you were being a bit overcautious, like so be it. Yeah, there's no point in sitting there worrying. Just go and get them checked. Yeah. Like you're never going to put someone out. No. Like you're never going to, even if they end up being totally fine and well, well, that's absolutely the best outcome which I think as a new mum particularly with your first you're a bit like oh, I don't know maybe it's maybe they're fine I shouldn't bother anyone or yeah. like a lot of doctors will tell you that yeah totally. you know you did the right thing even if they're fine well that's why when Otis was when he was unwell the other week I just knew like my gut was telling me because mm. he'd been a bit unsettled for a couple of days but that particular night was telling me like I really feel like I need to go and get him checked out mm. Go to the hospital, yeah. And then, I mean, obviously, yes, he had a fever, which you worry about in a newborn, like yeah. they, that needs to get be checked out. But um, I just knew that I had to go and get checked out. And I actually remember saying to the doctor afterwards, I was like, "Oh, good, okay." So I wasn't being paranoid. I wasn't like thinking it was worse. My head, she's like, "No, no, no, you did the right thing by coming. Yeah. Like that's exactly what you should do. Yeah. No one knows your baby better than you." Yeah. Like, okay. Good. That five a.m. trip back from we we're away for the weekend back to Melbourne was totally worth it yeah for peace of mind because if you worry yourself that's when you know and you're sleep deprived that's when you know really like triggering thoughts and things happen yeah you, you literally start to go a bit crazy and like paranoid and delirious when you haven't slept and you're very hormonal and emotional and if you're worried about your baby at the same time, yeah. like it, your thoughts can spiral pretty quickly. So yeah. you just got to do whatever you do, whatever you can to keep your yeah, and you like, go to mental really health bad stable. Very, very quickly. And so like, quickly. Oh my God, what if they stop breathing? Like, yeah. What would I do? Yeah. What if like just every little thing, like why has yeah. it got a fever? Oh my God, what if that peaks? What if they have a seizure? Like mm. touch wood, all these things. All these things, like, yeah. go around in your brain. Like, and you just, just feel so responsible the for yeah. them. And you so are. Like, and you, you are, are yeah. They're so dependent on you. So, yeah, I think there's nothing's not normal. Yeah. What's normal for my baby couldn't be normal for your baby. And as a third-time mum, what's your approach and what are your thoughts on feeding this time around? So I'm mixed feeding Otis, which I did with both, well, yeah, I did with Nina and there's Lulu. She was bottle-fed from about two months, but she had other things going on. We've spoken about her before on the podcast, mm. which is working really, really well. I think um, he is feeding quite well. Well, he was prior to being sick, but he's getting back to feeding really well again. And it's just good to be able to give him the bottle to top him up because he's hungry. And it also kind of allows me to be able to have that flexibility to do stuff with my other kids as well. Mm. Mm. And share the feeding with And share the your feeding partner. with, with Mackie and, yep. you know, like grandparents or whoever. Mm. Me. Me. So <laughs> that is really nice, I think. Yeah. And it's nice to have that perspective on your past experiences isn't it and just be like this is what we're doing this is what works for us and this is what and I'm it's so with. funny two things is... that people ask you and I just find it so funny is is he a good baby mm. babies are good babies like I mm. find that such a funny question and mm. so many people ask it yeah okay. no like what are you gonna say like, yeah no he's shit <laughs> yeah like is he a good baby Usually, people obviously always love to ask about sleep, but whatever, yeah. is he a good baby? And or someone will say, like, it's different when a friend asks, but is he feeding well? And what someone really means is, are you breastfeeding? And I yeah, find it right. so funny. People just ask these questions. Uh, yeah, but, yeah. Um, all probably well intended. Yeah. No, he's Not a always. bad baby. What are you yeah. going to say to that? Yeah. Yeah, you're like, if you asked me yesterday after he slept well, he's a great baby. If you asked me today after I haven't slept more than two hours, like, he's a bad baby. I know it is funny. It's also like the way things, like, I think people do are well-meaning with yeah. their questions, but it's also like the way, depending on your mood and how things are going in that moment too, it's the way it's interpreted Someone too. asked me like, once, are you feeding your baby? That was with Nina. I'm like, 
No. No. What Not are you starving doing? them. Can am I breastfeeding? Yeah. Um, but no, yeah, that works really well for us. And actually it was so good too when he was sick because he was struggling so congested he couldn't breastfeed properly. Mm. So to be able to give him the bottle as well was really good. Yeah. Got to do what you got to do. And right That's now right. he's probably having a bottle while I'm recording this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And allows you time My to do things. Full, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking about him. All right. Well, we won't keep going on too long. I've just got two more questions to ask you. One of them is like, what if there is one? What's your most sort of proud moment that sticks out from the labour from the birth? I think the the moment when he obviously him coming out in one big contraction and being born and that realisation that he was sharing the birthday with his dad, I think is yeah, I think yeah, yeah. That's so cool. They'll share their birthdays for the rest of their lives. Yeah, amazing. And then, what was the biggest challenge that stands out? It's tricky because it was quite quick, but I think um, I think just getting you know when we were talking about that that part in the labour, you know, when you're sort of transitioning and you have that kind of freak out of I can't do this, and it's like that moment. But because you you can completely lose like your focus in that moment and everything sort of starts to spiral and everything sort of changes. I I think the biggest challenge was not letting that completely throw me off for that final part of the birth, like being able to just kind of try and stay as focused as possible to then achieve what I wanted to achieve and and, um, keep calm. So probably that, I think. Well, you did an amazing job. I'm so proud of you. That, oh, and also trying to like naturally induce my labour every day. That was pretty challenging because yeah. it didn't work, didn't happen. More mentally challenging. More mentally challenging. Yeah. But I hope I answered all those questions properly. Yeah. Now let me just see them. if there's any other listener questions that we haven't answered. Was it as quick as they say it can be by the third? You mentioned that when we started the conversation a little bit how you were nervous about how quick it would be. Yeah. But was it as quick as... I think it was actually quicker than what I thought it would be in a way. Like, yeah, well, yes, it was quick for me. It was was quicker than than your other two. So they got quicker each time. I think I had a 10-hour, four-hour, two-and-a-bit hours. So, But, you know, some people give birth literally in like 10 minutes, Mm. so that's quick. Mm. My God. But I feel like two-and-a-bit hours, that was a good amount of time. Perfect. Bloody perfect amount of time. Not too quick, not Mm. too fast. You just got that shit done. Yes. Well done. So proud of you. One last question, which I think you sort of have answered, but it's quite nice to finish off with, was was it as you hoped? It was totally as I hoped, Yeah. 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 That's amazing. It was. You should feel really proud of yourself. It's such an incredible achievement to give birth and in any way or form that it happens for anyone, it's an incredible achievement. But the fact that you were able to do it in the way that you had hoped is absolutely amazing and I'm really happy that you got that experience and I'm so proud of you. Thank you. And thank you for sharing everything with us today. I think I just still can't. I just think back and I'm just like, oh, my God, I can't believe I just did that a few weeks ago and I can't believe it's the end of a chapter for me Mm. giving birth but fast forward like two years from now we'll be having the same episode with number four (laughs) no way Jose I am done and dusted I'm sending Mackie off to Dr Snip and (laughs) I'm just kidding Uh, I love it all right let's wrap this up well done darling love you lots love you too Bye. bye That's it for today. Make sure you head to incommonprojects.com.au for the show notes, hit subscribe on your podcast app and follow us on Instagram at Talking In Common or you can check out our Facebook page which is also Talking In Common. Have a lovely day and as always, thanks for listening.